Mark. 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 Speaking of Mark. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> right on. Lori's on it. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, and you probably do because it's big news, but the air quality in New York has been quite awful. The index here in Seattle, we're at moderate air quality. So the index here yesterday was like about 22. And over there, it's 260. Oof. Well, that was yesterday. Mm-hmm. The, right. the worst in the world, they're saying. From <laughs> fires coming from Canada. Uh-huh. You know, they're coming down from Nova Scotia and Quebec. And it's like, mm. wow. So Mark is there? Yeah, he's there for business. And mm-hmm. he took a picture of the Brooklyn Bridge. When he sent it to me, I, I didn't know about the air quality. So I assumed that was like a picture from 1920 because it looked so grainy and brown. He was like telling me about the air quality was so bad that he couldn't even take his team out to dinner. They had to just stay put. Wow. Um, and he said 90% of the people that he sees around there is wearing masks because yeah. it's so bad. And then I thought I saw some headline where somebody doing a performance or a concert had to get off stage because they yeah. couldn't sing through that the air with being so bad. It was a Broadway show. Yeah, so a one-woman show, actually. <laughs> and, uh, and about oh. 10 minutes into it, she was like, can't do it. She just like couldn't breathe, so she left. And uh, oddly enough, they have an understudy for a one-woman show. And uh, huh. so the understudy came on and was able to perform. But and that's I believe that's indoors. I don't even think that's an outdoor performance. I, don't, yeah. I think anything that was an outdoor performance was canceled. Crazy. That's bad. And sports. I mean, they're canceling like the Yankees and you yeah. know, they canceled sporting events, too. Yeah, yep. it's really yep. bad. I heard that. Something I find interesting about this is that, um, you know, here on the West Coast, we've been dealing with this forever. And especially in the last several years, we've had many of these days where the sky is that orange and the air quality is that bad and you cannot go outside. I feel like this is relatively new for the East Coast. And suddenly it's introducing a whole new segment of the population to what's going on with, you know, forest fires and the the increase in the intensity and and, uh, of forest fires. I mean, it's horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But I, I have to admit that because my, my, my brother sent me a similar picture yesterday morning. He went out and took a picture and sent it and said, look, the air is so bad. And I'm like, well, stop going outside and taking pictures. <laughs> but I, I have to admit my first response was, oh, yeah, well, that's bad. Move on to the next thing. Because I'd seen it. I'd lived it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I didn't understand what the big deal was. And I'm like, oh, I see what the big deal is. They haven't had to deal with it before. I don't know if I'm right about that, but that's how I feel. I mean, you know, I worked in the media for a long time and I don't recall ever having this level. I mean, I know they've dealt with fire and smoke before, but I don't remember this level of media attention on how bad it is in New York. And I'm not saying it's not bad. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's kind of the new normal for the West Coast. And And by West Coast, I mean like Western half of the United States, like from Montana over, you know, I mean, that is what summer looks like here, usually not till August or September to have it so early in the year and to have it in New York. I think that's a real eye opener for some people. I don't know if it is a climate change thing. Um, Let's start with that. Do you guys think it's a climate change thing that's making? It's certainly part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Climate climate change is a is a big part of it Um, just because of the the ebb and flow of of the water and the and the dry. I, I I'm so, I think I'm so glad people have stopped using the term global warming and just moved to climate change because global warming is such a like, well, then why is it snow so hard? It's like these cycles are 
definitely more powerful than they used to be. Whether, you know, whether if you want to debate whether man's causing that or it's natural, whatever it is, it, it, it is happening. But I think the other thing too, at least I certainly know in California, I couldn't speak specifically for Oregon, Washington, or certainly not for Canada, is I think that there are many, many years of bad forest management practices that are coming to bite us in the ass. Oh. Um, I think they've improved over the last 10 years because, you know, a lot of people in forestry and, and others are, I think people in forestry always knew it, but I think the money people are finally starting to see the difference. But I, I do think that's part of it, Cert, certainly in California, um, that there was just bad forest management and they're now they're retroactively trying to fix it, and but they're still... Um, a lot of trouble. I don't know much about the forests of Canada. I wouldn't. I didn't even know Quebec had forests. I feel like <laughs> picture is this this cute little French city where everybody runs around talking French. So for that much to be burning, obviously it wasn't. It either wasn't properly maintained, or it just didn't have to be until suddenly. That's my opinion. We have neighbors that raise bees, or I don't know how to, what the term is. They're beekeepers. Beekeepers, so they keep bees. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, so they've been doing this for years. Sometimes we see our, our little old neighbor just in his bee suit and everything, <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Hey, you look like Marty McFly." <laughs> so um, this year they said their bees like disappeared, like they never came back or something. So I, I guess they do something and then they come back, and they never came back this year, or a Weird. lot of them didn't. Oh. Most of them didn't. I guess they have other beekeeper friends, and I don't know if it's happening across the board, but they know other people. I wonder what that is. Like, what is that? Like, is it because they got confused because of the weather and ended up somewhere else? Another thing the climate change is making me think about, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and there's been a bee problem for quite a, a while. They're disappearing. Yeah. That I always thought was linked to, like, pesticides and, and you know, so people are trying to be more cognizant about not using pesticides and letting your lawn grow a little... Wasn't May like pollinator? No mow May for pollinators, you know? <laughs> um, but for them to to have a group that just didn't come back, I wonder if they just... Like, you say, like you're saying, Anna, I wonder if they just went somewhere else. Like maybe there was a more favorable condition for them somewhere else. I wonder. Yeah. And you know how like when we went to Cabo and they were like so shocked that there were these whales in April that should have been at least on their way to Alaska by, by then, why they hung out. <laughs> Someone tell us. Maybe we get to get, we got to get chat GPT to tell us what that's all about. Maybe they know right. something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, one of our clients is from New York and I, you know, I've talked to him so much that, I mean, as in like emailing back and forth a bunch of things. And, you know, sometimes you forget that they're from, a, from the actual place that the news is all about and stuff. I'm like, so he just happened to say thank you with a Smokey the Bear. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my God, oh my, yeah, that's right. You're in New York. How are you guys doing? And he's like, yesterday was a disaster, but today seems to be a little better. I'm hoping that's an indication that it's clearing up. But the, oh, the pictures yeah. really are stunning. Yeah. 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 Like even over here, when there's like a, you know, wildfire pollution going on here, you can tell by the color of the sky even and the color of everything that's outside that something's yeah. not right. That was just pure brown or yeah. orange. That was pure one color outside mm. everything was. <laughs> here you usually, um, at least I usually smell it before I see it. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that was like that in New York, if it all just happened at once, you know, and it's not just New York we're talking about, I mean, Boston, you know, Massachusetts and just like the whole East Coast really got got whacked with it. Wow. Oh, man. Shoot. 
But meanwhile, I'm like, Nova Scotia, I hope everything's okay on Oak Island. <laughs> is anyone else obsessed with the Curse of Oak Island, or is that just me? No, tell us what about it. Is, what is we don't Unless you want this to be a four-hour podcast, you really don't want me to tell you about it. Well, you, I, have, I have to say, you work in radio. We know you can condense it. <laughs> Curse of Oak Island is a... Is a I always tell people I hate, you know, like I don't like reality shows and I don't believe in reality shows, but secretly my favorite show is a reality show. <laughs> and it's a Curse of Oak Island is basically a treasure hunt on this tiny little island in Nova Scotia what? where um, there the show's been on for like 10 years, but the mystery has been going on for 200 years, more than about 225 now, um, wherein um, in the late 1800s, somebody saw what they saw was lights or some kind of suspicious activities. So they rode over there and they started digging around and they found the remnants of what they thought to be the path to a great treasure, which was believed to be deposited by the Knights Templar, which means it could be all the kind of like riches of King Solomon and maybe even the Ark of the Covenant, you know, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff, right? So that like had captured the imagination of treasure hunters for 200 years. People would go over there with, and and as technology improved, first it was shovels and then it was, you know, other things and they learned how to make tunnel, you know, all this kind of stuff. Enter these guys who the show's about, these two brothers that are from the Upper Peninsula in Michigan who kind of grew up hearing these stories. And when they got older, one of them has made a quadrillion dollars in gas and oil drilling and leases. So he's got money to burn, like literally burn. And his brother, I think, was like a civil servant. I think he worked for the post office or something. But he was the one with the obsession. And so together now, they have recruited this team of people who for they started buying up the land on the island because it was mostly privately held. And they own almost the entire island now so they can essentially dig wherever they want to, although there are still a lot of laws and rules from the Canadian provincial government with that, especially because there are a lot of Native Americans that that had been on the island. But anyway, I told you this is going to take me four hours. The point is that whether or not you believe that the Ark of the Covenant is buried on an island in Nova Scotia, which I really don't, they are finding some amazing things. They've yet to find any gold or treasure. Like there's, there hasn't been any vast treasure found by anybody in this whole 200-year thing, right? But the things they are uncovering are fascinating about the history of the Knights Templar and their presence in Nova Scotia and different peoples throughout the world that have come here. And also some serious engineering went on here. We're talking about from the going back to the 13th and 14th century, they're finding roads and ramps and and uh, huh. walls and, and uh, wells and all kinds of works of people's who were not the natives, not indigenous people, but Europeans that were doing something on this island five, six hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. We don't know what or who or why or when. They've yet to figure that out. And they're literally throwing money down a hole. They're just like, throw millions of dollars. I'm sure at this point, the History Channel is, they're making money off of it enough that they're, you know, helping. But, you know, I just see all these like, just regular workmen, you know, roll up in these big trucks and they drill stuff and they're all these like blue collar guys drilling and drilling and drilling. But over time, I mean, you know, for 10 years, God knows how much money they've poured into this that they're probably never going to get back out. But they're still at it. Wow. And, I, and I've watched every <laughs> single freaking episode. And every single week I watch and every week I think, oh, this is it. This is the week. Ark of the Covenant, here it comes. <laughs> oh, no. It's 
Just an empty hole with bedrock. Okay, well, maybe next week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's fun. It's so fun, and it's so addictive. You know, they, they just drive it, and they have just a crazy cast of characters. There's the the English guy from, like, Liverpool who's the metal detector, and he, he um, finds, you know, he actually finds really interesting things because he's the metal detector, and then he, but he does this little dance, and he calls things funny names, and and then there are these experts they bring in. They're all from Canada. And there's this one guy that's so Canadian that they have to put subtitles down when he talks. Because you can't understand him. <laughs> 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 He's, I love that guy. So, anyway, it's, it's my guilty pleasure. So I hope, I know last year or two years ago, the hurricanes, there was a horrible hurricane that did a lot of damage. So, um, you know, I'm hoping the the brush fires aren't affecting Oak Island. Yeah. Oh, I man. hope not for your sake, but it would make for an interesting episode. <laughs> it absolutely would. It absolutely would. There's no question. <laughs> okay, Lori, now you have to admit it. Is there a reality show that you watch? You know, I, well, I have to say, I have not been watching TV except for Ted Lasso and only murders in this building when it comes out. Yeah. I have been reading books or listening to books on tape solely. And so that's my guilty pleasure. But the romance books, they're my favorite. It's That's my Aww. guilty pleasure. It's not even Harlequin. That would kill me. But like, okay, so I'm starting this new podcast. And at the end of it, I ask everyone, what are you reading? And this one girl loves, oh, I love romance. But Maxwell and, you know, all these intellectual books, I go, what romance? Knight in Shining Armor. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to read it. I go get it. <laughs> and it was a little bit like, you know, how it should have ended halfway through and it didn't. And then, but then you can't not read it. But it was a little too, it wasn't like sexual. It was, but too romantic. Like, Oh, it's, you know, oh, I can't live without you. Kind of like, oh, are you kidding me? This is a little too sappy, but <laughs> but I I listened all the way through. <laughs> awesome. Like what year they were written? Like, you know, are, 88. You, are you Oh, really? 88? Pre, yeah, pre pre cell phone, pre cuz she she wow. it was it it does not match Outlander at all, but Somebody came back from history into her era, then she went back into their era. And so um, I thought, maybe it'll be like Outlander. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But <laughs> there's a new one I'm waiting for called Romantic Comedy. And it seems like it's the, the comedy club is maybe really SNL. Not sure, but I'm really looking forward to that one. So That's a good guilty pleasure. I, guilty pleasures I, are fun. <laughs> and I haven't even dated in 20 years. So it's not like I'm dating and... <laughs> Listening to romance, I'm like, that is my dating. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> is there anyone that you're interested in d dating? I know this is a weird no. question, y but now that you're you know saying what? that. This is funny. Number one, no, because for the last three years, have we met anyone new? No, I don't think so, unless it's by Zoom. Number two, I don't know how. And number three, all my girlfriends, every one of them is like, when I die, you have to marry my husband. And so before COVID hit, I was doing those retreats. Remember, what's your dinosaur? And I hear my two friends in the kitchen, they're like arguing. And I go and I go, what is going on? They go, well, you have to marry my husband if I die. And she goes, you have to marry my husband. If I, I'm like, seriously, this is what you're fighting about? <laughs> do Why do people want their friends to yeah. marry their husband? <laughs> to take care of them. 
And I'm nice. I'm not going to like go and be mean to their kids. I'm not going to make their husband, you know what I mean? It's it's like, but don't I get a say in this? You know, like. <laughs> no. This That's is what great. happens when you get older. <laughs> you get the dead best friend's husband's. That just doesn't sound just, healthy to me. <laughs> Even imagine saying that to anybody. Will you have to marry I my mean, husband when I go? I, I have heard this before, so, but it's just like, what? I know. And <laughs> a lot of my friends say that. And it's weird because I have never heard anybody else say they had that problem. But I'm like, what am I going to do if two of my friends die at the same time? I have so many questions. <laughs> so... <laughs> And there's a new bachelor for seniors. Did you see that? It's not like you're a senior, though, Lori. I, 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 so right. is that what, what your friends have in common? Like, I can't imagine even my own friends saying that to me. Like, and I, my husband, when we go? I, you know, I don't talk about my age because I'm in radio, but do you know how old I am? No. Yeah. I have a, a ballpark. Try. Try me. Yes. 60. Anna? 61. I'll be 65 this year. Oh. But it, I can get Social Security okay. if I want. Wow. You I look great. I, well, I take collagen and I, I take I swim every day. I take good care of myself. Yeah, right, good, right. good, good, good. So the last thing so, you need is to get saddled up with somebody's husband know. who's you know, older than you. Right, or not taking care of themselves. Right. If you, right. If they want to pick you up with someone who doesn't know how to take care of themselves, that's not helping you. That's right. Yeah. But you know what? I have boundaries and I can say no if I need to. Well, you will right. say no. <laughs> if you're not attracted to the guy, then no. Well, and think about it. If you've been friends for all these years, wouldn't that be weird? It's like, no, yeah, we've been um, friends for 40 years. Right. I mean, plus, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know your friends and their husbands, but, you know, don't most men that age want like a 25 year old? Yes. Yeah. That's why I don't date. <laughs> when I when I originally tried dating and this was before there was really dating apps, um, I put myself out there on. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but um, this guy only wanted women a certain age. And so I reached out and I said, tell me. Why you're this age? Why do you only want women this age? I need to understand if I'm going to be trying to date. And he goes, "Well, everyone sends me a picture, and it looks like my mother." And I go, "That is the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard." <laughs> but I get it. I I get. I I don't agree with it, but I understand it. They're right, mm -hmm. you know, because you know you you know the way we see ourselves right. or the way we see our spouses. Like when I look at Sharon, I see the Sharon that I met when I was twenty five, you know. Mm -hmm. But and I see myself when I'm when I was twenty five. <laughs> but then I see pictures of myself and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't look like that anymore, you know. So <laughs> I don't think these husbands are wrong. They do look like their mothers. <laughs> and then the other piece of that is that your friends are like, well. Are they basically saying their husband is, like, useless? I mean, but they love him. I love him, so I want him to be taken <laughs> yeah. care of. I just, you know, God forbid I teach him how to take care of himself. That's know? so funny. I don't know. I seriously don't know. Like, I don't know. If I was married, would I want to pick my husband's next wife? I think I wouldn't want to know. Think about, like, yeah, yeah, get married, but don't tell me about it. Like, block <laughs> me on Heaven Facebook or whatever, because I don't want to know. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So now Anna's going to be looking around at all her friends thinking about who she's going to hook up with Mark. <laughs> you know, so. So you already know? No, 
I don't. What the oh, hell? I thought you said you are. So then I have the I have this other weird thing that happens to me since we're getting real. So I because I I'm a good listener and I am really friendly. A lot of people think they're my best friend. Like so. Uh-huh. In my like early 30s, some friends of mine had a party for me and somebody stood up, you know, at the party to like pay tribute. And they said something about Lori being my best friend. And then this other friend stood up and goes, she's my best friend. And then somebody else. And I'm like, this is so weird. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and then I'm like, is something wrong with me that everyone thinks they're my best friend and that I love them all the same? You know, is that is that like a weird thing? I don't know. <laughs> Is this the same set of friends that want you to marry their husbands? (laughs) (laughs) Good question, Anna. It might be. There might be some crossover there. (laughs) Sounds like you know some needy people. (laughs) Well, I would say that having too many people think you're their best friend is a very good problem. That's That's a compliment. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And until until you have to pick a bridesmaid. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hang on, I'm I'm texting you right now to see if you like me better than Anne. <laughs> you're going, that. <laughs> you're my best friend. <laughs> you In will fact, answer, won't you? No, just kidding. <laughs> when I got married the second time, I had all my girlfriends <clears throat> come up front in a half circle. There was probably 20 or 25 women. And then I had my sister and sister-in-law stand up with me. Because how am I supposed to pick bridesmaids? Right. Oh. So you just had all of them? Yeah, they were all in a half circle behind the pastor in front of me. Oh, so they're all bridesmaids, but not brides? uh, No, they they were just like attendants. They were all up there. We all gave them a bouquet. And there was 20 or 25 of them. And then there was facing the pastor was me and the dude I married and then uh, for less than a year and then the uh, my sister and sister-in-law and, and then he had two people up there with him so yeah oh. I'm like so you had like a 26 people and he had two well I had two next to me so we matched that way but then I had this whole wall of women and I think they were right. all like staring at him going you do anything you've got these women to deal with (laughs) and look what happened Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah wow good for you though what a nice what a nice gesture yeah it was fun i mean the marriage didn't work out but the wedding was amazing awesome and fun i loved it (laughs) good party right (laughs) Mm -hmm. it it was amazing that's so great But at least you were around the people you loved. And Mm -hmm. it's those events that are just the best. Mm -hmm. You realize how how blessed you are, you know, and how lucky you are to have people and those people in your life. Yeah. 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 That That was was amazing. So cool. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I had always imagined my niece having this this giant wedding and and her wedding, it was so small. There were there weren't even attendants. I mean, there were just, you know, we were there were 15 of us. We were just all there. We were basically the audience. And the only people standing up were the bride and the groom. I mean, her father walked her down the aisle and his, I guess his mother walked him down the aisle or, or it's something like to that effect, or he walked her down the aisle and then she sat. And then that was it. And then the, the, the officiant happened to also be her brother. So he was up there, but nope, there was no maid of honor standing there. You know, it was just tiny. It was, we, I've never seen that before. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was lovely. I mean, I really, I'm glad they did it that way. That was the one in California, right? The one that you just went to yeah. about a month ago. Yeah, that's the one I yeah. just went to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It sounded like it was really amazing. So, yeah. Aww. yeah. And then when Sharon 
did I have I told you a story about Sharon and I getting married and the the musician that was there? Have I ever told you? No, tell us. Tell. We had we had a lovely lovely little wedding. About we've been together for thirty years, but when it became legal five or six or whatever years ago, we we actually had a wedding and we did it at a friend's house in Elma, Washington. Um, we wanted to get married in in Washington State because that's where we met. And then our friend, her mom, has a beautiful farmhouse, and they'd actually been. You know, after her dad passed away, they'd actually been thinking about turning in into like a wedding Airbnb kind of venue thing. And so we were sort of their guinea pig to see how that kind of thing would go. So it was really great. They, you know, Sean and her mom just, I mean, Sharon was there too, so she helped. But they basically planned the whole thing and, and put it together. And it was really just beautiful, this farmhouse and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, it rained cats and dogs. So there were only 25 people totally at the wedding. And um, just, you know, a couple of people from my family flew out and then people who could drive from Sharon's family in Oregon and Washington came. And um, because it was raining so hard, we ended up like all crammed together on the porch, but it was this big wraparound porch. So there was plenty of room for everybody. But anyway, so my brother came, my brother was my person of honor and Sharon's sister was her person of honor. So they're the only wedding party. And um, they had asked, what kind of music do you want? And we said, you know, if you could just find someone who can play the guitar and just, you know, do like, you know, here comes the bride or whatever while we're walking, walking down the aisle, which is walking along the porch. And then, you know, later they could play at the just kind of doodle around during the little reception. I'm like, OK, that's great. So and my friend Tommy, he officiated. And so Tom was sitting there on the porch and the, the guitarist was behind him playing. And then we came, Sharon and I and Matthew and Diane, Sharon's sister, all came out and we stood there. And we did the most of all that stuff. And then we had the party. It was a great time. And a couple of days later, they told us the guitarist, who's a friend of theirs, they've known like forever in a day. And she's looked like your basic like Oregon hippie guitarist, you know, kind of guy. And uh, he said he had no idea until we started doing the vows that it was a gay wedding. <laughs> he just saw, he saw my brother and me and he just assumed my brother was the groom and that I was the bride. <gasps> And he just had no idea until we started doing the ceremony. He was like, huh. (laughs) And I can't, like, it was hilarious to me. We didn't care. Obviously, it didn't matter to him. It's not like he got up and stormed out. But I'm like, that's funny. I think that's, I think that's, in some ways, it's a compliment. In some ways, it's, like, just weird that, like, how how is it what that our friends invited him to play this wedding and explain what was going on and somehow never got around to mentioning <laughs> that it was two women? <laughs> I'm just picturing him back there going, huh, well, okay, all right, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then he probably went, wow, my first gay wedding. <laughs> exactly, yeah. he probably did, yeah. Wow that, wow, that was just like every other wedding I've done. I figure, you know, right. except for the rain, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. It was sweet though. We have some good pictures. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't mind that it rained because the porch ended up being nice. But in some ways, I wish it hadn't because the other spot that we picked was this beautiful like gazebo, and oh. you know we could have had that more traditional gazebo-y series of pictures. But that's okay. The important thing is I have Sharon. Yes. Yeah. It was nice. Wait, when you were you living in Washington when you guys got married? No, we were living in Savannah. Oh wow! Um, so you flew out here for that? Sort of. Yeah, Sharon. Sharon had already been out here. She was. Have you guys heard, ever heard of the Astoria Column or the Astor Column? Um, it's this uh, uh, 
sort of decorative column that was built in the 1920s in Astoria, Oregon, on the on the highest hill there, hmm. and it was painted um, by this Italian artist. Um, yeah. But because of the, the the salt air and the wind there, um, the mural um, it's a it's a mural that tells the story of Oregon from the the primordial mud and then spiraling up the column through the settlers and Lewis and Clark and all that stuff up to quote modern day Oregon, which is like 1920. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, because of the wind and the rain and everything, every few years it has to be repainted. And it's like a huge deal. They have to put up scaffolding and the, it's windy and all that kind of stuff. And so um, Sharon was hired as part of a team to spend the whole summer there in Astoria up on the column painting it. Oh. And she happened to be there when the Supreme Court decision basically came down legalizing gay marriage. And so she called me up and she's like, let's get married. I'm like, okay. So I flew out there. I flew out here, I guess, now. And then we went to Elma, and we had our honeymoon in Aberdeen. Ah, That's a beautiful place for a honeymoon. Home of Kurt Cobain. That's where we honeymooned. And then we, uh, and then we basically, what we did was a tour of the people who couldn't come to the wedding. We drove down the coast and stopped in various places in California to see family. Oh, nice. Um, That's cool. and And then drove back to Savannah. So, yeah, that was fun. It was a good trip. Very cool. So great. And then my sister threw us a party in Savannah for all the Savannah friends and family that couldn't come out to Washington. So we had a lot of wedding. Aww. Very cool. So great. Yeah, we're very we're both blessed with good families. We, I will always, always be grateful for my family and Sharon's family and the way they have embraced us all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell there's a lot of love there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anna, now we have to hear your wedding story. We got married about three years after we had moved here. So we didn't we didn't really know a whole lot of people here, but we had a lot of family fly out here. It was a normal Catholic wedding, but was smaller. My dad passed away the year before. It ended up my oldest brother, he um, walked me down the aisle. And then my mm-hmm. mom was able to put the veil off of my face. You know how the dad usually does that. And I totally freaked out. Like suddenly I was like, you ever have one of those times where you just like couldn't breathe? Like, I don't know where it came from, why it happened, but I think because I was missing my dad mm, at the time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was it was a beautiful wedding. We had beautiful wedding colors. It was buttercup yellow. Oh. <laughs> my little buttercup. <laughs> I had my cousin, who was my maid of honor, and then Kat, you always hear about her, and and Beth. We had um, our reception at the Lake Union, what was called the Lake Union Cafe, which was, no one knew about this place. And it was amazing because it was a small enough venue and cool enough too. And it's like right on Lake Union. And um, that was so much fun. And we hired someone that worked at Metro, where we, you and I worked, Lori, um, right. to be the DJ. Uh-huh. But yeah, I had a lot of people at work with us because we didn't know very many people. And they came. And that was so awesome. A lot of oh. Mark's coworkers, too. And so it was coworkers and families. Wow. <laughs> and, some, and some friends that were able to, like, fly out. So small enough, but not large, not even medium. It was a small wedding. But we loved it. And the choir that I ended up being with for 20 years sang and played their instruments for for us during our wedding and everything. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. So it was really nice. It was sweet. And we had the best darn cake ever. So, okay. So um, 
Adam Gerke, I guess he's still there at Metro uh, mm-hmm. or tra- Total Traffic. So at that at that um, year, he had long hair. Like if you could imagine a long haired Adam Gerke. And if, those of you who don't know who he is, he is a TV personality here in Seattle. Anyway, so very he short was, hair. <laughs> with very short hair now. So he um, he <laughs> like after our wedding and after we came back from our honeymoon. That was the best cake I've ever had in my whole <laughs> life. And we agree. I mean, the lady who made the cake, like, we can't find her company anymore. She was just this private company that just worked out of another shop. I don't know what your name is. If you're out there and you're hearing this, it was called Cakes, etc. If you used to own it in Linwood or somewhere north in the North End in Seattle, please contact us if it's or not. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I have to say I'm actually quite surprised nobody has come up with a song yet about the cake. Like, you guys come up with a song for everything. You're right, we haven't. Do you have one, Lori? I mean, I know cake songs. I, do, I know some, do you? but... And you just didn't break out singing like usual? Yeah, to me, baby. <laughs> la, 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 cake that in was, the ocean. That was after your wedding. That came out. But still, it's a cake song. During the... <laughs> All I can think of is, what else? someone left the cake out <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> which I've never understood. <laughs> I could take it because it, it took so long to, to bake it. it. <laughs> and I don't know. And the average white band cut the cake. How's that go? I don't think I know that. Well, you know that I'm not going to sing it, but maybe. You just wrap oh, it. Come on, just, yeah, wrap it. Let's see. Cut the cake by the average white band. Let's see if we can. Uh, I can't remember how it goes. Maybe they'll have some words. Yeah. Okay, I know one. I can't hear it. Yeah. Easy bake oven, easy bake oven. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't say cake, though. Sorry. Never mind. Scratch that. Everyone knows you easy bake, you bake a cake. (laughs) My my sister-in-law, she and I, we were starting to talk about easy bake oven and how great we made our cakes. So we ended up buying one. We really started, like, mixing their little mix (laughs) and and making cakes. (laughs) Under a light bulb. (laughs) Can't believe oh, a light bulb it. can bake a cake. I That's know. crazy. It really can't. <laughs> How many parents were fed easy bake oven cakes that were probably just nothing but a, you know, raw egg? I don't know. It's just a mix. There's no, there's no egg involved. It's just a mix. But still. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Delicious. <laughs> my, my brother always likes to share the story of like, because I had an easy bake oven when I was like a tween or something. And, and he would just like, he would just go to me and say, make me a cake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this average white man song. What, what, what's it called again? Hang on. Let me get over here. I'm so sorry. I can't hear it on this computer. It's called uh, Cut the Cake. The average. So that's what you. That's something. Did you know that song like uh, by heart or anything? Or you well, I sing it. I don't know because I, I. You know, I'm not the music person, but I. I know that if I heard it, I would probably be like, yeah, yeah, that's it. But it, it's just not coming to me because I'm a senior. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you have to sing it, Lori. If you don't sing it, none of us will ever know it. Yeah, I, I got. I, I, I got to imagine it. what it sounds like. <laughs> My, I'd have to turn off my mic in order to hear it. Oh, okay. I can't think of any. But then I'd sing and you wouldn't hear me sing, so that would be okay too. I know songs by the band Cake. 
Oh, yeah. Shed. Tell us. Never me, me. there. You're never, never there. there. <laughs> You're never, 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 never there. That song was used as a traffic music bed for me <gasps> on an old station, KLSY, that is now the current move in 92.5. They used that wow. as my mu- music bed. It's got I, a great beat. I can't even believe yeah. they did that, though. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's, I <laughs> And they have another song called, that I really love, called Short Skirt, Long Jacket. Oh, yeah. I got long, it. Long Jacket. <laughs> 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 well, ladies, I'm going to have oh, to go yeah. do traffic. Oh, it is time. It is time. Dang, well, awesome. guys, thank you so much for being here in New York. We are in the rest of the East Coast. We are thinking of you. We are praying thinking for cleaner of and yes. healthier your air. Wear and... masks and just, you know, take it easy till that filters out. And until you can see the Brooklyn Bridge. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That'll be your cue. <laughs> Wherever you are, if you're in Boston, once you can see the Brooklyn Bridge, you'll feel better. <laughs> happy Pride Month. Yes, happy yes. Pride Month. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, our station is the official sponsor of Seattle Pride. Right. Just oh, so yeah. you know, Claire. Well, we thank you. That's so yeah. great. So warmwater69.com, uh, but also moving925.com and 989kpnw.com. All of them have involvement in uh, the events that are happening this weekend. So yay! Yay! <laughs> awesome. Have fun. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. And this is Listen and Learn or, or Not. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, ladies. Love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.